Welcome everybody to Redacted on this Wednesday. I'm Clayton Morris. On this show, we cover the stories the mainstream media largely ignores or they pile it on top with a big helping of propaganda, state-run propaganda, and we have to uncover it and bring you the truth the best that we can find it anyway on this show. Uh, Natalie is off today. We've been dealing with this crazy, crazy flu that's been going through the house. So our six-year-old who still has it ends up getting scarlet fever, fever continuing like 103, 104, 105 degrees, all fluctuating, take the rushed off to the hospital. So yes, yeah, scarlet fever now is the verdict. Uh, so we just found out about five minutes ago. So she's dealing with that, dealing with our six-year-old with that. So you've got me, you've got boys club tonight on the show. Uh, so we've got a lot to get to on this Wednesday and we did not scrimp on the news. So some questions about what happened about a month ago inside of Ukraine when a revenge strike led by Russia struck multiple targets inside Ukraine. Did it in fact take out major NATO targets, major NATO bunker targets, including top leadership of NATO at the time? Is that why you haven't heard anything about this story? Because NATO is essentially scared shitless, and this could be the end of everything that they've been trying to accomplish in Ukraine? We'll get to the bottom of this story. It's really crazy. It answers a lot of questions, specifically about these document leaks that we've been hearing about over the past few days. Also, devastating news for the U.S. dollar. Today, for the first time, we're getting word. We'll tell you who is the new kid on the block that now will outpace Western governments for ex uh, economic growth compared to what the United States and Europe has been able to do. There's some new kids on the block, and what does this mean for the U.S. dollar going forward? Also, Turkey has some harsh words for the United States. We'll tell you what those look like, plus so much more as we look at Elon Musk and AI and the future of what that means for computer, computer science and our ability to get direct and correct answers when we search the internet. Grover is pissed off. We've got a busy show. Redacted starts right now. Welcome everybody. Hope everyone's doing well on this uh, on this Wednesday. How's David? How's uh, how's Philip holding up? How's the boys' club do you, doing tonight? I'm doing great. I'm doing I'm, I'm just ready for some sunshine. We've, we're still getting rainy weather here. Uh, I've got people coming over tomorrow to try to fix my backyard. Still, it's like a swamp out there. So come on, sunshine. <laughs> yeah, the Pacific North Northwest. You guys get sunshine for like what? Uh, like a two weeks in August, and then it's back to nonstop. Yeah, yeah, basically, it's like <laughs> yeah. we have like amazing summers that last like three months, and then it's just cold—not really cold, but just cloudy and drizzles—and it's just like a constant misting for you know a good nine months out of the year. So everyone yeah, sits in front of in front of those like uh, ant those mood therapy lights, so you guys don't get all depressed. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's like uh, injecting vitamin D. 
<laughs> well, hope all of you guys are doing well tonight who are watching. Let us know where you're joining us from around the world. I'd love to hear from you, whether you're in Iceland, uh, you're in Antarctica, you're in Finland, you're in Norway, you're in the United States. Let us know in the comments below. We have a daily newsletter, and I love hearing from you because you respond via email all the time to our daily newsletter. It goes out Monday through Friday about 6.30, about 7 a.m. Eastern time when it hits your inbox, and it's totally free. It's informative. You can read it in about five to 10 minutes over your cup of coffee. We cover about four or five of the big news stories of the day, provide you some humor, a little market updates, all of that. All you have to do is just put in your email address at redacted.inc, not.com, it's redacted.inc, redacted.inc. Put in your email address. You'll receive right now a welcome email. You can try it right now. You'll get an email from me, which is clayton at redacted.inc. That's my email address. And then you just have to verify that email, okay? And then tomorrow morning at the normal time, you'll get the newsletter first thing in the morning, and you should be good to go. You should be all set up. So that's it. The newsletter is excellent, and we hope we put a lot of hard work into it every day. We try to bring in a lot of value for you uh, and your family first thing in the morning. All right. Let's get a beverage here because it's going to be a busy show. Hmm. Man, a lot of news, a lot of craziness, a lot of you just you feel like, wow, can we enter into like a nice, maybe a quiet summer? I would hope I'm hoping for like a quiet summer, but I don't think that's I don't think that's going to happen the way things are going. Well, are there are there any are there any wars left that we can start? I think we've started them all right. We'll well, to, it's like we're so we're least, shifting. We're we trying not to, to look forward to. Oh yeah, we've got plenty of wars to, and we're we're ramping up in China. We're trying to dissolve what's happening in in Ukraine right now, so we can move our resources out of there, so that the bankers can start to do what they want to do in Ukraine. Get out of the way, and then we can start to move into uh, we can start to move into China. That's our next plan. All right, let me ask you this question. Let's start here. So, did Russia just destroy a major NATO operations center in Ukraine? 300 people killed, along with dozens of high-ranking NATO officials, Ukrainian officials at the top, top levels. Was that story kept from you? Was it redacted? You weren't allowed to know about this story. We're going to show you the evidence in a moment, as well as why it's being kept silent from you. It'll all start to make sense. All of these pieces with these leaked Pentagon documents and all of these statements recently from Lloyd Austin and others and European leaders who are flying to China saying, we're not really interested in talking with the United States anymore about this. Can you broker peace, please? All of these pieces seem to be pointing to a similar uh, similar answer in this. And there's a reason for all of this. But first, some context on this story. So March 2nd, let's rewind the clock a little over a month ago. U.S. and NATO launched a terror attack inside of, Ru inside of Russia, I'm not sure if you remember this, using Ukrainian soldiers. Now, remember, I say everything that is carried out in Ukraine is because of NATO and the United States. It's not Ukraine. It's a proxy war. We're directing everything. Everything that happens, we are directing the traffic. They crossed the border into Mother Russia, into the Bryansk region, and they carried out terrorist attacks in a couple of village areas. There's a lot of gunfire reports. Initially, we're like, wow, there's like 50 Ukrainians. Turns out, no, it wasn't that many. It ended up being a lot less than that. But nevertheless, people were killed. Killing a person, uh, injuring a 10-year-old boy, uh, also firing drones. Uh, drone Drones were dropping um, incendiary devices on residential homes. So it was a residential attack. 
They had no military strategic importance whatsoever. The only thing it was designed to do was provoke Russia. Scott Ritter was on the show at the time. He said it was a clear provocation, he told our audience. Clear provocation. These guys were animals. It served no military purpose whatsoever. It was a terrorist attack. Um, again, against a 10-year-old boy, civilians. That's what this was. The whole goal was to provoke Russia. Um, and then Putin declared, Putin declared it a terrorist attack. Russia declared it a terrorist attack. Said, game over. We will respond. And then he made it in a devastating way, a devastating response to this attack. A few days later, on March 8th and 9th, Putin responded, launching for the very first time hypersonic missiles. Six of them, to be exact. These are the Kinzhal missiles, known as the Daggers. Uh, President Biden described them as, quote, a consequent weapon that is almost impossible to stop. Ukraine admits they have nothing that can stop these Russian hypersonic missiles. Nothing. In fact, the United States even test launched their own hypersonic missile a month ago, and it failed off Hawaii. Disaster. So Scott Ritter was on our show that day to talk about this attack and how devastating these Kinzhal attacks were. Watch. The Russians are coming in with very innovative tactics designed to force the Ukrainians to activate their radars so that the radars can be identified and destroyed, force the Ukrainians to fire uh, their specific missiles, especially from high-value resources like uh, the Iris-T or the NASAMs. Now the Patriot system is in Ukraine, allegedly. Um, and then for the Russians then to target these and to denigrate, to degrade, to neutralize the Ukrainian air defense so that they can impose their will on this space. And last night, we saw the Russians begin to impose their will. Um, they struck repeatedly. They struck targets of high value. And they started using, in large numbers, the uh, Kinzhal missile. Before, the Kinzhal was a one-of. They fire one here, one there, because it's a very expensive missile, and the Russians don't have, didn't have a lot of them. But the Russians have been producing Kinzals. They, they're running uh, triple shifts at the facilities to, to produce these things. And I think we're seeing these missiles starting to come out in quantities so that the Russians can integrate them. And the important thing about the Kinzhal is no matter what <laughs> NATO and Ukrainians do, you can't shoot it down. The missile cannot be shot down. So it can be used, for instance, to strike any target at once. And now notice there are 81 um, launches. Um, six were Kinzhal. So the Kinzhal is still a small portion of the uh, overall, uh, you know, less than 10% of the overall strike force, but the targets it's hit are guaranteed to be destroyed. So it can hit command and control targets. It can hit critical energy infrastructure that might otherwise be protected with air defense resources that would um, negate, um, you know, a caliber attack or a Shahid-136 attack or an Iskander attack. Well, you can't negate the Kinzhal. It hits, it destroys, that's it. It can also start taking out the high-value air defense systems themselves. If you can identify a German Irish T or an American Patriot system or a NASAM system, take it out with the Kinzhal. Bam, that's worth the expenditure. And I think you're going to see uh, General Serviking continue to shape this battle, allure the Ukrainians and activating radars to be destroyed, firing systems to be identified, and bringing to bear the hypersonic Kinzhal when needed to eliminate high-value targets. This is the beginning of the air campaign, which is designed to collapse Ukraine as a modern nation state, and in doing so, collapse political support for the Zelensky government. So what we didn't know at the time 
was what specific targets were struck. And Russia then, here's the, you know, the payload. You can see it in the, in the graphic here, what this looks like. And then Russia finally admitted to destroying NATO's deep underground command bunker in Kiev a few days after these attacks. They admitted to this. But what was in this command bunker? NATO was quiet about it. The United States has been absolutely silent about this Western bunker near the capital of Ukraine that was totally destroyed. Have you heard about it? Has CNN covered it? Has Fox News covered it? Has any major media outlet covered it? Has the BBC covered it? Where has this story been? Who was killed there? Has the Ukraine talked about it? No, but that very day, you can piece the pieces, you can piece the evidence together and see interviews with Zelensky that afternoon where he looks like, a, like he was a beaten dog, like he just literally had his stomach punched and, and, and was slapped in the head because something big had just happened. And arguably, he was supposed to have been there during that time when this, when this, uh, when this bunker-busting bomb unfolded. So what exactly happened? Well, reports started to trickle out to sor from sources that I trust and independent media sources that one of these six Kinzhal missiles struck a secret bunker in western Ukraine near the capital. It was devastating. And then again, I said, you know, Zelensky shows up on TV, looks like a, like a beaten down dog because he just lost hundreds of his top leadership members, hundreds of them. Russia struck a bunker that was 400 feet below ground, 400 feet below ground and destroyed it. According to reports, 300 people among them, dozens of uh, top NATO officials, dozens of NATO officials not from Ukraine, from NATO, were also there and killed at the time. But oddly, this story has been redacted by the mainstream media. No mention of it, totally ignored. Again, I haven't heard anything about it. I haven't seen it printed. I scoured newspapers all day today, try to find nothing, nothing. Who was killed there? What NATO members were killed? No, no mention of it. And they were killed by, by these Kinzhal missiles after that terrorist attack was launched in Bryansk. So why are we not getting the answers on this? Um, they can't respond. They can't respond to this. The reason they can't respond to this, I mean, I, you guys can answer this in the chat below if you'd like and give your thoughts on this. The reason they can't respond, in my theory is, because to respond in any kind of meaningful, forceful way is an elevation to World War III, a nuclear response. You cannot stop these missiles. So what response do you have other than to leave? looking for a way out of this war. They are done. This is all signs pointing to NATO is finished as an organization. As Douglas McGregor has said on our show before, this is the beginning of the death, the death spiral now for NATO. Independent well, journalists. Also it, go ahead. I was just going to say, it, it, it then prompts a, an actual response from the United States. It's like right now, they just want to send money over there. The goal is not to take on Russia. The goal is to do whatever with this digital stuff they're doing in Ukraine. It's a money laundering thing. They don't actually want to go to war with Russia. But if they say that Russia just destroyed something in Ukraine and killed a bunch of people, well, that's going to get even the people thinking, well, then maybe we should attack Russia. Yeah. And it's not actually what they want. Right. Exactly. I mean, 
I know it's hard to believe maybe at this point, but there's still a lot of people who are brainwashed into thinking that we just need to throw whatever we have and go after after Russia, right? There are plenty of people that watch CNN and MSNBC and are totally brainwashed out there. The fact that we do this show and we have an audience of anti-war people who watch this show who understand that this is absolute insanity, what is taking place right there. There's millions still who are just brainwashed and flip on the news and like, yeah, Putin bad, we should go to war with them. Let's launch a nuclear strike to know that Vladimir Putin literally just took out some of the top uh, stop, top commanders in NATO and other top, almost the entire top brass inside of Ukraine in this attack. They, they're going to th- go after them, launch whatever you've got. And U.S. members of Congress, who, of course, even before this wanted to launch nuclear strikes against against uh, uh, against Putin would be emboldened to want to do this too. So you're absolutely right about that. I think that's exactly the reason why this has been totally kept out of the New York Times. Why has the New York Times not mentioned a word of this? They're being told not to. It's the only reason. They're being told not to talk about it, not to publicize this, not to tell you about what just happened. Independent journalist, military analyst Gilbert Doctorow uh, was was on television yesterday explaining explaining uh, about this and it was amazing and he was explaining why you don't read this in the new york times it's being suppressed from you um watch as they try to get some answers from him on this television interview and then as he starts to talk about it watch as they sort of rush him off the air like sorry we're out of time we got to go we can't we can't listen anymore to that we're out of time we're out of time you're telling the truth here we got to go we got to go we got to go watch this amazing moment uh, business uh, news are going to be kept quiet. I'm sorry, I was trying to Google what you said was the news which I didn't hear about. What is that news before I let you go? Uh, that's, that's after the, the Ukrainians staged a sabotage mission in Bransk, Bryansk Oblast, part of the Russian Federation, uh, the, in which several people were killed, uh, the Russians staged a revenge uh, attack with using for the first time six of their hypersonic missiles which are called Kinjal. One of those struck near Lvov or Lviv, uh, that is the western capital of Ukraine. And it, this, uh, this conventionally armed missile, because of the laws of physics, <laughs> that is uh, taking mass and velocity, give you enormous, uh, enormous impact uh, in the, uh, which enabled that rocket to descend and destroy a deeply uh, built concrete bunker where 300 top uh, Western and, and Ukrainian officers have been uh, managing the communications okay. uh, on behalf of NATO in Ukraine. The Russians again yesterday announced very, did very discreetly that 200 of those people killed were high were generals and high NATO officers. Did you read about that in the New York no. Times? No, you didn't. All right, very well. If uh, it were in the New York Times, it would lead to enormous uproar in the States and would take us towards escalation of nuclear exchange. Sure. The Americans don't want that, the Russians don't want that. Thank you very much for that. We're going to definitely follow through with that. Gilbert Doctorow, independent international affairs analyst. Don DeBar, thank you. Activist and commentator from Austin, New York. With that, we come to an end for this edition of the News Review. Thanks for tuning in. Bye, everyone. And good for him. And I have another question. Good for them for having him on, by the way. You know, just but but go ahead, go ahead. 
Well, I was going to say, is it also common practice for NATO officers to be in a non-NATO, in a, in a war zone of a non-NATO country? Like, is that common? Because no. it's like, if they're not NATO, then they shouldn't be there. No, exactly. No, it's a... And you had the Washington Post admitting over the past uh, 48 hours or so that this is a proxy war. I mean, the, the Washington Post now admitting after they released these documents, the, the, leak, the document leaks and out the guy, they now admit that this is a proxy war. Like this is the first time. We're getting full admission now of the charade. Like the jig is up. Jimmy in our chat says, Jimmy Butler says, funny and strange that you would say that you looked for some information on an attack, but nowhere you found anything about it, then you tell us about it. No, 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 I have sources on this. Um, I'm saying what I was saying is looking in the mainstream media to find any coverage of this where any of that, you can't find it. You won't find it. That's my point. And what, what Gilbert just pointed out, read about that in the New York Times. You will not find it in the mainstream media. You have to find alternative media sources and, of course, independent journalists who cover these stories and have access to information that is not suppressed by the corporate media. That's the point. So here you go. Will we hear more about this? Probably not. But we are starting to see the pieces in place, these Pentagon documents pointing to Ukraine as a total lost cause, a desolate wasteland which will collapse, which it is right now. NATO is looking for an exit strategy. You see Emmanuel Macron today, uh, uh, once again, pointing out, looking for a peace agreement, need a peace agreement, and we cannot look to the United States for this, pushing on China to do this. There is groundswell support right now for this to end. Perhaps even more than any of that are the bankers, the bankers that want their money to be deployed into reconstruction and efforts. So they want to make the money now in these efforts, and they will, and they don't care really who, you know, when this, they just want to, they want those people like cleaned out of there so we can start to funnel money into any of these, in, in, this infrastructure projects. So that's where this is going to start to move. And of course, all focus will then shift fully to China. That is an amazing uh, piece of this story that I wanted to bring to you tonight that you're just not going to hear about um, in the mainstream media or frankly, frankly, anywhere else. Uh, we've got more news to get to here on your Wednesday. We're going to look at what's what the what the BRICS nations were just uncovered and what this means for their economic growth. We're going to look at how the BRICS nations compared to the United States and other G7 countries are doing um, economically. It's going to be astonishing to look at these numbers, these new numbers out from Bloomberg today. We're also going to look at what Turkey just said about the United States in an interview and maybe said the quiet part out loud. A lot of people like sort of secretly applauding what he just said. Others are like, oh my God, I can't believe he just said that about the United States. Did he really? Did he really just say that? And Elon Musk speaking out about uh, AI and the dangers of AI. But Bill Gates is saying, hey, don't listen to Elon Musk. AI is great. So it's like the battle of the Elon Musk versus Bill Gates. We'll get to that. Plus, the United States is now compensating people for vaccine injuries. A check coming in the mail. We'll tell you about that story. A little bit later um, and you'll have to be added to a list and the whole thing it's unbelievable what the United States is now admitting with uh, with all of that we'll get to all of that but first well the United States just released new economic data showing lower than expected inflation numbers as a result US stock futures rose sharply US bond yields fell as market expectations for continued tightening by the Federal Reserve have now cooled off and the Fed futures markets are looking at interest rate cuts 
coming this summer. That could be good for the housing market, but it could be bad, of course, for a broader recession. So the Fed is getting us ready for a recession. But the stock market doesn't seem to mind. The Dow futures, the NASDAQ futures jumped on this news, but at the same time, gold is nearing an all-time high. So all of these things are hard to keep track of. And that's why I often use the Moomoo app or the Moomoo app on my Mac for great economic information because Moomoo offers 24-7 global financial news to help you stay on top of the market trends, grab the changes quickly. So I see these every morning when I go over my portfolio. Right there, I can read the Fed policy. I can see the related reports immediately right inside the Moomoo app. Also, they have a Moomoo community with over 19 million people from 200 countries sharing their investment experience, which is really interesting to read. Right now, you can get up to 15 free stocks just for opening an account with Moomoo and making your initial deposit. Moomoo is a safe and reliable platform. The overseas version called Futsu has been listed on NASDAQ in the United States for a long time. With 19 million registered users, Moomoo can also trade US stocks, Hong Kong stocks, and Australian stocks. And speaking of Australia, guess what? We're talking about international trading. If you're an Australian viewer right now, our Australian viewers get 10 free stocks valued up to 3,100 Australian dollars. If you deposit any amount, you get up to three free stocks. And then if you deposit 2,000 Australian dollars, you get an extra seven free stocks. It's one of my favorite trading apps where I set my alerts about my commodity stocks that I like to trade. They also have earnings seasons calendars built right in so you can see these different companies earnings and a ton of related research reports. They're useful, especially when you decide to start investing in a company. Besides, if you want to learn how to invest, there are more than 2,000 free investing courses on the Moomoo platform. You can customize your study plans as well. And the app also offers more investment insights like institution tracking. You can see what famous financial institutions are investing in. You want to follow a big hedge fund? You can do that right inside the app. Try it today and get 15 free stocks when you download the app and make your initial deposits. Go to redacted.inc slash moomoo. Again, redacted.inc slash moomoo. Try it today. So if you're just joining us, you've got the, the boys club tonight on the show. Natalie's out because of our sick, sick, six, that's hard to say, sick six-year-old um, with scarlet fever. It's like, what the hell is scarlet fever? You know, you hear about this stuff. So that, like that's, re that's related to strep. It's, isn't that a strep? Yeah, the strep came back negative, but then like yeah. the, the rash, the fever, it's like 104, 105 degree temperature and like... The only way to keep it down is with like some Tylenol and it's just crazy. It's crazy. Um, so yeah. Anyway, viral then maybe turn into bacterial. It's just uh just a nightmare. Sorry, yeah, that's I, I said strep virus, but it's the strep isn't a virus, it's a bacteria. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that that was negative, but then I I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? You read about that, like you know, scarlet fever and you think, God, that's like something out of Oregon Trail. You know, like that's like something you read in I don't know. That's yeah. Yeah. that's what I like picture. Scurvy. Scur <laughs> scurvy or uh, uh, what were the other things on Oregon Trail that you always used to get? I don't know if you remember. Dysentery. Those. Dysentery. That was the, that was the big yeah. one. Yeah. Died of dysentery. Ticks. Yeah. Speaking of scurvy, speaking of scurvy, I was like a couple a couple days ago. I was like, you know, I don't remember the last time was I ate fruit. 
And so I had to, like, last night I went and bought a big bag of oranges and just, like, ate, like, five or six oranges last night because I was like, I'm going to end up getting scurvy because I just don't eat enough fruit. And it was, it was just funny. Just like, one day I'm sitting there, I'm like, hey, I might be working on scurvy. I'm scurvy. So that's just, you know. It is amazing that all it took was, like, just oranges on a ship or lemons to make sure that people didn't get scurvy. Yeah, do that. I guess if you live in the Pacific Northwest and you don't see sunshine very often, that's make sure you have your bag of oranges and a bag of vitamin D. Um. So, you know, on this show, try to give you this news so that you understand and can make informed decisions and for your family. Um, you know, do you see what these globalists are doing? You're able to read between the lines when you see these news stories, these big news stories popping up in the press. So our goal is to empower you on this show, you know, and, and you uh, at least be able to w be aware of the propaganda that's being foisted upon you. So when you spend that quality time with your family, you're, you're saving, you're putting your money in the right places, you're protecting yourself from these globalists. That's the goal of this show, empowerment, uh, so that you're informed and you're empowered and that you can live a better life with your family. Your kids are more informed. They're not, they're not duped by the system. That's the goal. That's the goal. So today we learned that the BRICS nations, led by Russia, Brazil, China, India, South Africa, will, in this calendar year, 2023, surpass the G7 nations for economic growth. Now, do with that what you want. You can be positive or negative about it. You can think that's the doom and gloom, worst news in the world. Or you can say that, well, there's positive news here, especially if a, maybe I'm a smart investor or figure things out for my family, where, where to invest or put my money in the future. And what horses do I want to get behind for the future? So this is according to Bloomberg today. According to Bloomberg, based on the latest IMF data, the BRICS countries will contribute 32.1% of the world's growth compared to the G7's 29%. This is astonishing. When you think about the amount, Russia is the most sanctioned country in world history right now. They're managing, along with Brazil, China, also under intense Western pressure, to surpass Western governments, the United States, U.S. dollar, for global output and economic uh, economic growth it's astonishing and brazil as well south africa india which today was announced is now the world's most populous nation beating china you see where the you see where the 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 the, the you know you see where the goal the, the the puck is going to don't you like where things are headed and it's, I just can't under, I cannot understand this. I mean, if people don't understand like what, what world shifting moment we're in right now, like you'll be able to tell your, your kids you were alive during 2023 when you saw these things shifting. This is a teachable moment for our kids, our families to be able to, to literally watch Western hegemony start to decline and the rise of this new world order this multipolar order rather than being driven by just what the U.S. dictates and how things will, will go in the future. Uh, it's pretty remarkable to see this um, and the share of economic growth. Let's just take a closer look at this Bloomberg piece. Um, and according to the group of seven nations, so the U.S., U.K., Canada, France, Germany, Italy, and Japan has long been considered the most advanced economic bloc of countries on the planet. Russia, was a member, of course, until uh, until 2014, when it was expelled due to the fallout from the Western Western backed Maidan coup in Ukraine. 
The report indicated that in 2020, the contributions from BRICS countries and the G7 to global economic growth were equal. Since then, the performance of the Western-led bloc has been declining. By 2028, the G7's contribution to the world economy is predicted to decrease to 27.8%, while BRICS will account for 35%. In total, 75% of global growth is expected to be concentrated in 20 countries over the over and over half in the top four. China, India, the United States, and Indonesia. While the group of seven countries will comprise a smaller share, Germany, Japan, United States, uh, United Kingdom, France, among the top, uh, seen among the top 10 contributors. And Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov said that no more than a dozen nations have expressed interest in joining BRICS. We've already talked about Mexico. Mexico wants to join. Can you imagine what a slap in the face that is to the United States? It's like, would, we like, still, would we still be in charge of their energy policy if they do that? <laughs> I don't or know. We are right now. At that point. Yeah, we love to tell them. I wonder, seriously, given NAFTA, right, what does that mean if they join BRICS? Like what, what does that mean for NAFTA if they join BRICS? I mean, we already are there heavily meddling in what they do with their energy policy right now. So, I don't know. Argentina? I mean, does that... that, that does that give us de facto, like if, if with through NAFTA, if, they, if Mexico joins BRICS, that should give us de facto uh, influence over Russia then, right? Right, because I guess so. Did they become part of the NAFTA? <laughs> that means everybody joins NAFTA, hooray. Yeah, so then Russia becomes part of NAFTA. Saudi Arabia wants to become a member. You imagine Saudi Arabia and BRICS. Already the oil outflows to China, the oil contracts increasing tremendously. Um away from the United States. Again, guys, the writing is on the wall here. This is not to scare you, it's to prepare you. Especially if you're in the West and you see, like if you've got your family's currency, you've got your family's future tied to the Euro or the US dollar is like where you put and bet on your family's future, think differently about it. Um, and just think differently about what this means for global power, global hegemony. Think differently too about you know, how your family travels or what sort of protections you have in place. You know, everyone's like, I just want to get a U.S. passport. Well, think in sort of like terms of like Andrew Henderson writes and talks about a nomad capitalist, like thinking about having like go where you're treated best, right? As a, as a human, go where you're treated best and maybe having access to multiple ports of call, access to multiple citizenships. Where does business investment make the most sense for you? You know, it's a, it's a big world out there. And guess what? The United States is not the be-all, end-all. So think differently about things um, when it comes to these things. Um, also, another big story, if I can get my notes up here. The Bank of England says that cash will now become less usable and get ready for a cashless society. So the Bank of England, the BOE, now saying that we will become the cash will become less usable and we're going to be moving towards we're going to be moving towards a cashless society, says the Bank of England. Cash is to become less usable as shoppers embrace the internet and, and high street stores increasingly reject banknotes. So these stores are now saying we're we're done with banknotes, we're done with uh, we're done with coins. We really just want to deal with uh, just go cashless. 
Sir John Cunliffe says that it will become harder to spend physical money in coming years owing to the rise of online shopping and contactless payments. So, and maybe the way to go the way away from this, I've heard a number of people saying is to let's, let's all, let's all stop online shopping. Could you do that? Could we, could you live without online shopping? Just tell me in the chat, honestly, if they said, okay, tomorrow, Amazon, no more Amazon. Do not use Amazon anymore. Boycott Amazon. Think how many of you already boycott Amazon? Let me know in the chat. And you see it expanding now into the Middle East, Amazon. Like to show, I just, it just popped up now, just now rolled out in Egypt. So now there's Amazon, you know, dot EG, I think. If that's the, I think, anyway. Uh, so yeah, now there's Amazon Egypt. Like it's coming everywhere. Driving stores out of business. Could you live without it? A lot of people here in the chat saying yes, yes, yes. But then a lot of people saying no, no, no. No, I couldn't. Other people saying no, I, I, mean, I know I, mean, I could. Never, never shop there. Yeah. yeah Philip, it'd be a you challenge could. for me. <laughs> yeah, it would be a challenge for a yeah. lot of people, right? Um, but I know I could. I mean, I, I did it for a long time. I mean, there's still, you know, we really should be shopping at places like Best Buy and stuff like that to, to, to kind of split that, you know, offset that. But so we could. It would just be hard because they deliver everything. They deliver uh, prescriptions now, food. You know, my yeah. dog food, my heartworm medicine comes from there now. Yeah. Well, and you know, this, mine, is, my and dogs. this is the convenience factor, right? So it's contactless. Mm -hmm. You don't ever have to see the cash change hands at all. Right? It just, it, it's just, it's part of a digital account. You never, it's not like you're counting out ones, you know, it's like the, the delivery man shows up at your door. Like the it used to be back in the day when the milkman would come to your door, you'd pay him and you know pay him in dollars, right? Cash. Well, Not and you can ship stuff COD. Remember that? Yeah, I remember. I, yeah, I remember. I had a paper route growing up, and I has to go. I had to go around and get my you know monthly or whatever. I had to go and get my payments for it. So I had to go around and knock on the doors and hope that people were home. A lot of times they weren't. I think I would go on a Saturday. Um, and I had to keep going and keep going and keep going because not everyone was home. And I'd have to say, I am your paper boy. I'm here to get, you know, my collection. And they'd pay me in cash for it, you know? So it was like a cash, very often it was cash business for the whole, the whole setup. It's like, it's crazy how difficult, how different it is now. You just, they, they sign up online with their subscription. There's no, there's none of that. So he says, we now, cash is likely to decline further. Cash itself will become less usable in everyday transactions. For example, if the internet commerce grows and if merchants increasingly accept only digital payments, yeah, it's going to continue. Card payments took over cash as the most dominant form of payment for retail back in 2016. It's hard to believe it was even that long. It took that long until 2016. By 2021, 85% of payments are now made electronically. That's 2021. I have to imagine almost all of these payments are going to be you know, like 99% of them will be there very, very soon. So cash is disappearing um, and very concerning for what this means for people who, you know, want to have tangible assets like gold, silver, things to, uh, you know, be able to protect their families, taking out large amounts of cash in order to have on hand for transactions. The, the, I, I, I'm a big advocate of this, but the problem is if people won't accept cash, what are you going to do? If 
to me, it almost sounds illegal. What do you mean you can't accept the currency of your country? You're a business. What are you talking about? I want to buy your thing. You're not accepting the currency of the country where you would pay taxes? I don't understand that. How is that possible? Don't you have to, under the law, accept a, a form of legal tender that is provided by the government? You can only accept digital versions of that now? It's insane. But we knew this was, we knew this was coming. Uh, let us know your thoughts on this in the chat below. I find this uh, astonishing. We've got more news to get to here on your, on your Wednesday. Let's talk about this. Turkey. So these are some amazing words by the Turkish interior minister, uh, Suleyman Soylu, um, who out with a new statement in a television interview. And this is sending shockwaves right now through the international, uh, international diplomatic circles and how to handle this right now. Uh, Turkish minister Suleyman claims the world the whole world, not just the world, the whole world hates America, he says in this interview. So I'm going to go through this BNN interview from the BNN network. It's a pretty bold statement. Like he's, not pulling, he's not pulling back at all. The whole world hates the United States. A lot of people are like, thank you for saying the obvious. Thank you for saying the truth, the thing that most people realize and, and won't say out loud. Others are saying, how dare you? How dare you? So Turkish interior minister has claimed the whole world hates America and suggests that Europe is merely a pawn of the United States. Okay. So let's get a little deeper. He downplayed Europe's significance, saying that the trend is in America's favor. So the idea that America wants Europe to be in decline is totally in America is to, that you, that America wants Europe to be in decline is totally in America's favor like the destruction of the Nord Stream pipeline a lot of people in the chat saying yep but he's right it's true absolutely he's right he's 100% correct yes and you have to wonder like when we were just in the middle east like people were very very kind to us but they became incredibly, I cannot tell you the change in their facial expression when they found out, oh, we're American. Like, oh, American, okay. And we would say, but we live, we live in, you know, we now live in Portugal. Oh, Portugal! Like, we love Port. Like, it was unbelievable. Like, the transition from, like, there's an awareness that, oh, but you got out of America. Like you left because you know it's corrupt and criminal and you left and you made a decision to whatever. Like there's like this shift in that. And that's not why we decided. We just wanted a better life for our children. And we just, you know, we'd, I'd lived there most of my life and enough was enough. And I don't have a nine to five job anymore. And I wanted to see the world. So it, it wasn't like that. And most, most of the, you know, governments around the world have a problem, right? It's not like there's like a, a rose petal, a rose bush over here, and these all these other ones are cactus, you know. So they all have issues, right? And let's be honest. Um, but it, it's amazing to see this sort of like they they are they're absolutely aware of, and they're sort of play playing to our. Oh, we're just gonna be nice. It's the Americans. They want to come here and see these things. That's that's nice. 
But then when, when they realize we're journalists, they like would like look back and like, oh, so you might understand then what we're going through. And when we ask them, hey, were you here in the square, in the interior square right over here uh, for the Arab Spring? And they said, no, 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 no. And when we would say to them, oh, because you realize it's a Western-backed coup attempt, right? It's a Western. Yes, exactly. No, we don't want U.S. in meddling in what we, what we do and how we live our lives. That's exactly why we weren't here in Tahrir Square, like doing the, supporting the Arab Spring and do all So you, you realize like the American meddling is far and wide. There's a deep awareness about the hatred of America around the world. Sure, they love American culture and they love Hollywood and love those sorts of things. But that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about American imperialism and American government and American military. That's what he's talking about here. He says, America, United States is losing its credibility on the global stage. Is that the case? What do you guys think? Is America losing its credibility on the world stage? This is what the Turkish uh, interior minister says. And he says, it's attributed to various factors, such as foreign policy decisions, economic policies, and perceived cultural dominance. Perceived cultural dominance. This is also interesting, right? America has this perception that it is culturally dominant. That like what America produces in terms of music and entertainment is culturally dominant. Would you guys say that that's the perception? Do you guys think, think, think that's the case? That America perceives its exports of this stuff as the best of the best? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Without a doubt. I mean, if there's no such, he says there's no such thing as, he says there's no such thing as Europe. There is America. Europe is a trend in the America's column. Ouch. I mean, think about our biggest, our biggest Man. export, democracy. Mm -hmm. Oh, we love, yeah. And think we'll, about how we ship it. <laughs> we, we box it up in some missiles. Package. Yeah. <laughs> box it up in some missiles and we'll ship it right into your residential zones. Yep. Sorry. No return to sender or, you know, that's, that's even worse. Just see well, how we spread democracy me, though, across Ukraine, yeah. right? Go ahead, Phil. As, as he as he points out, you know, it's like like you were asking, like, has America lost its credibility? I mean, the credibility that they're really referring to is our post or directly post World War Two credibility, like post World War Two. We were we, we we had it going on like throughout World War Two. And then immediately after that, the Cold War begins. And that's when we just completely undermined our our any any credibility we had, in my opinion. If yeah. you look at like everything we did, like getting into Vietnam, all of the things we did after that. And it's just like, I think that's where our, our credibility really started to fall was like in the 50s. So it's right. like, how, how long can we still ride the, how long can we still ride that wave of, of World War II America? Right. We needed to create an enemy. So we, we, we set about an opportunity to, cr to crush Europe. Britain is no longer a world superpower as a result. We are now the ones calling the shots. We are going to make the most money. We are going to, we've built 900 bases around the world. Right. So we're we, satiate, we are occupying. Yeah. We're going to satiate the military industrial complex. Right. And we're going to do this by spreading democracy around the world. We cannot possibly partner up and team up with so the, the Soviet Union, which lost what? 23 million people or uh, 
30 million people fighting in World War II um, in order to beat the Nazis. We can't partner up with them and figure out a way to work collectively. No, no, they have to be the enemy. They cannot join our, they cannot join NATO. They cannot join our power alliance, even though they literally helped destroy the Nazis. We can't have them. So then we have this hegemony for 60, 70 years, and now it's in decline. And it will peter out. It won't, it's not going to happen overnight. It's going to take probably a decade, a couple decades or whatever for it to totally peter out. But you're seeing the global power shift happening now. Turkish interior minister's comments may have far-reaching implications, BNN says, for international relations, particularly among Turkey and the United States and Europe. Such strong anti-American rhetoric could contribute to increased tensions between the countries that may negatively impact domestic diplomatic relations. Furthermore, dismissal of Europe's significance could strain Turkey's relationships with European uh, nations, potentially affecting trade and cooperation in various areas. So there's already, of course, massive strain in that regard. But what's amazing is that Emmanuel Macron is basically saying the same thing, but just in a little bit more diplomatic language. <laughs> Emmanuel Macron goes to China and admits that the United States has been basically pushing Europe into a hole. And we can't allow the United States to lead us in Europe anymore. We can't be involved in these skirmishes that the United States wants us involved in. It's leading to European collapse. He's telling the truth. If a bit too late, wouldn't it have been nice a while ago for you to have been that outspoken about this? Uh, instead, now waiting uh, to this point to make these comments. So does the Turkish interior minister have a point? The whole world hates America. Let us know your thoughts on this in the comment below. And I would love to hear from our friends from Turkey on this story. What do you think? about these comments from your interior minister about the United States in the comments below. We've, yeah, go ahead. Now I, want, now I want to specifically know what Turkey thinks about me specifically. Do they hate me or is it just the, the government? <laughs> do you also like Philip or do you, does the whole world hate Philip? <laughs> yeah, and do you hate me as well? The whole world, does the whole world, because I'm, I'm, I'm American, so, but I think it's specifically talking about American imperialism and the American government. I think you're okay. I think you're okay. But I have to admit, I, I bet the Kardashians are probably on that list. I would have to think the... <laughs> I would at least hope that Kardashians made his list of, uh, of awful things. Uh, we've got more news to get to. We're going to look at Elon Musk. What Elon Musk has to say about EI. EI. Uh, Elon Musk has to say about AI, artificial intelligence, versus Bill Gates... Big sit-down interview with Tucker Carlson and a lot of questions emerging and Bill Gates firing back at some of this stuff over the, the destruction and what, how this could lead to the destruction of all humanity is artificial intelligence. We're going to dive deep into how all of this works and what he has to say about it. And then over on Rumble, um, we're going to be heading over there a little bit later because we're going to be talking about how the United States is compensating people, Americans now, for people who've been injured when they got that, you know, that shot that everyone was told to get. Turns out the United States government saying, hey, if you've been injured as a result of that, well, guess what? We'll send you a check. What? Yeah, we'll get to that story. Um, you have to be on a list and get out your pad and paper because we're going to show you well, like what this looks like and how many people have been added to this list and the checks have started going out. It's like a that's gonna be a tight NDA. <laughs> it's like a vaccine stimulus check. 
think how many millions of people are going to be getting access to this check. So we'll do that story uh, in just a few moments. But first, it is no secret. I mean, look at we've just going through what's going on with the U.S. dollar. And we've been talking, telling you about what's happening with the recession that's incoming right now and really big concerns. I saw today there are concerns. Wow, this we could be headed for like what's known as a forever recession. That's something we've never had in the U.S. We've had a Great Depression, but we've never had a forever recession. I didn't like seeing that story today. Um, and what does that mean for your family's finances if it's tied to the U.S. dollar? All I'm saying, I've been saying this for years on this show. Please, please, please do not have your family future, family's future t in some sort of a U.S. bank savings account. Where every day that your money, your dollar that sits in that savings account loses value every day. Because the U.S. dollar continues to lose value every day. It's that simple. It's like why you don't pay the same amount for a Big Mac like you did in the 1980s. The Big Mac is the same. The dollar is not. That's the bottom line, right? So now you're paying, you're paying more for not even the same. You're paying more for less. And that is, the, that is what's happened to the U.S. dollar. Our friends at Lear Capital can help you get set up with a gold-backed IRA. That's right. If you are in, interested in actually purchasing gold and silver, you can do that inside of a self-directed account that you control, totally control. Did a webinar earlier today, to, um, and specifically talking about how powerful self-directed IRAs are. Unbelievably powerful. And it, you, you, you probably never even heard of a self-directed IRA because the government doesn't even want you to know they exist. So the IRA that you think you know is a self-directed IRA, it's not. There's a few custodians out there to allow you to set them up. And then you control it, not, not, not Wall Street. So Lear Capital will help you get set up with it. And then you can buy whatever you want inside of it. You can buy gold, you can buy silver, you can buy real estate. And then let that grow tax-free. So upon retirement, you don't pay any taxes on the growth. They do not want you to know about this why when you call Fidelity and they're like, hey, do you have a self-directed uh, IRA? They're like, uh, well, we control it. No, that's not what I'm asking, Fidelity. Do you have a self-directed? No, we don't. Sorry, because they don't want you to know about it. So if you want to figure this out, call Lear Capital today. 1-800-613-3557. Or go to learredacted.com. And you can get their gold and silver investor guide. And they'll help you get set up with a, a self-directed IRA account. Very, very simple to do. And then you can buy gold coins, silver inside of that account. And you'll receive up to $15,000 in free bonus medals with qualified purchases when you set up your account. So just check them out. Give them a call and see if it's a fit for you. I don't see why it wouldn't be. I'm a huge investor in gold and silver. 1-800-613-3557. Again, 1-800-613-3557 or go to learredacted.com. That's the place to go. Um, do, 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 do. Exactly. So thank you for them. So capitalism, evil. Chad left us a uh, super chat says, but are you willing to risk your current inflating net worth with an asset that rises and falls day to day and in market crashes also falls. I don't quite know what you mean exactly there, but if you're talking about having your money in a 401k with the stock market, absolutely not. I would, I, I think this, I think the 401k is 
one of the worst things to ever happen to the American people in history financially. It's a scam, absolute scam. Even the creator of the 401k admits it, that it was never meant to stand on its own as an investment vehicle for families. It was meant to work in tandem with pensions and pensions have disappeared. Even then it was only meant as like a supplement to help families. Even then when it was paired with pensions, it's not meant to stand on its own. And now all you do when you start up with a business, you, you start with someplace, they're like, hey, you want a 401k plan? We'll just, we'll set it up for you. Don't even worry about it. Yeah, because Wall Street makes money and the company makes money because they're investing in the match program or whatever they're going to do in, in the company's own stocks. It's a scam. So they're investing in Wall Street. Wall Street makes money off of you. So yeah, absolutely. You want your family's future tied to that? Absolutely not. Now, if your family's entire future is tied to gold, well, that's also not a smart move, right? I don't think that that's a smart move. I also don't think having your family's future tied to, to goat farms is a, you know, a, a smart move. You should always have a diversified. So we have a, a good chunk of our family's wealth tied to gold and silver and precious metals. But I do that for wealth preservation, not for, you know, it's right now it's uh, near $2,000 an ounce, right? Great. If it goes up to $2,100 an ounce, great. I've made some good appreciation. That's wonderful profit, but I'm not cashing it out. And if it goes down to $1,700 an ounce, that's fine too. I'm not cashing it out. It's lost some value, but it's also not, it's not the U.S. dollar, right? It's still tied to, it's still an asset. It's still a real thing. The U.S. dollar is not a real thing. It doesn't, there's, it's not backed by anything. It's backed by debt, it's backed by nothing, the U.S. dollar. And when people just get that through their head and understand that, it's like real estate. I invest in real estate because it's a real thing. So maybe it goes up in value $15,000, $20,000. I don't care. I'm not selling the house. I'm keeping it for forever. I don't care how much it goes up and how much it goes down because the cash flow and the tax benefits of that asset blow away anything else you could possibly invest in anywhere on the world. Nothing even comes close. It's not the U.S. dollar. It's an actual tangible structure on land that I get the tax benefits for. See, this is the difference from that and investing in having your family's future tied to a 401k. There's the difference. Hope that makes sense. Hope that makes sense. All right. So let's talk about some other big news. Let's talk about artificial intelligence. So is Bill Gates versus Elon Musk in the race towards the singularity? Here's a word we haven't heard of in a while. Last month, we told you about Bill Gates and his happy-go-lucky warning that AI could be dangerous, but he said we should do it anyway because of poor people. Like it'll, it'll help poor people. He said it may not reach poor people, but we should do it anyway probably because it'll be good for rich people. Okay. That's Bill Gates. Elon Musk does not feel that way. He thinks that AI is a threat to our actual existence. He said so this week to Tucker Carlson in a big sit-down interview, which is unbelievable to watch. A lot of really big takeaways. We have a few of them here I wanted to kind of catalog and go through. So here's what he had to say about AI as a threat to our existence. Watch. Difficult to predict what will happen in that circumstance. It's called the singularity. It's you know, a singularity like a black hole. because yes. You don't know what happens after that. It's hard to predict. So I think we should be cautious with uh, AI, um, and we should, I think there should be some government oversight uh, because it affects, the, it, it's a danger to the public. 
So the singularity, like what happens when it becomes fully, it, it, it takes over and there's no going back. There's no, there's no putting that genie back in the bottle. And the singularity that he refers to is a point in the future when you cannot control it. It cannot be controlled by humans anymore. I mean, think Terminator, right? You know, it, it's funny. It all seems like it's just all feels like it's just science fiction, but no, it's, it's, it's happening. It's here. And it starts to dictate what we humans can do instead of, instead of what humans dictate we do with our lives, what technology tells us to do. Bill Gates warned us that about this in a letter about AI, but then sort of brushed it off like it's, I ah, don't worry about it. So Bill Gates also had this awareness, but of course he makes a ton of money off of it. See, there's the difference. So here's what he said about this on ChatGPT. He said, could a machine decide that humans are a threat? Conclude that its interests are different from ours or simply stop caring about us? Possibly, but this problem is no more urgent today than it was before AI developments of the past few months. Okay. Like, yeah, like that's always been a concern. Musk points out that the rate of development is exactly why it's more of a concern now than it was all along. Because it feels like to me, maybe I'm wrong, but it feels like in the past six months, suddenly we went from no one talking about AI to everyone talking about it. Everyone. It's like all I hear now. Musk thinks that there is a government regulation needed even though he thinks regulation is a drudgery. Think about that. He's one of the most regulated entrepreneurs in the world. He deals with government telling him how to make cars, launch rockets, drill holes, now communicate through Twitter, all of that. And even he still thinks it's worth it because of the dangers of artificial intelligence, which he explains like this. Listen. Really, AI is um, perhaps... Uh more dangerous than, say, mismanaged uh, aircraft design or production maintenance or, or, or bad car production, uh, in the sense that it is, it has the potential, uh, however small one may regard that probability, but it is non-trivial. It has the potential of civilizational destruction. There's movies like Terminator, but I, it wouldn't quite happen like Terminator um, because the, the intelligence would be in the data centers. Right. Uh, the robot's just the end effector. But I think perhaps uh, what you may be alluding to here is that um, regulations are really only put into effect after something terrible has happened. That's correct. If that's the case for AI and we only put in regulations after something terrible has happened, it may be too late to actually put the regulations in place. The AI may be in control at that point. I mean, I hope people are paying attention. That just gave <laughs> me that gave me chills. Thanks, like, Skynet. <laughs> yeah. It really, it is Skynet, right? Think of mm -hmm. any other movies that have warned us about this, right? The Matrix. Can you guys think of any other ones like Blade Runner? Um, what other AI movies out there? You guys name it. Tell me in the chat. Like, are there any, you know, think about that. Uh, yeah, that's coming to mind. Everything takes over. Everything. I know they exist. Yeah. iRobot. iRobot. Yeah, I don't know if it was that. Um, I forget. No, that, that, that wasn't AI taking over. That was just robots existed. And becoming sentient.
Yeah, but they didn't run things. They didn't take over. But they I guess there was over. kind of the central computer did did sort of take over. So yeah, I guess that yeah. can still apply. And Tron. I'll allow it. Tron, uh, <laughs> Tron yeah. Uh, yeah. 2001. Was uh, 2000? What was... Um, Grim said Ex Machina. Ex Machina, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was yeah. a great movie. Well, and also in this interview, I, I found this part stunning. He said that Google founder Larry Page actually wanted Google to do this, meaning that Google may actually have been designed to be moving in, moving us in this direction in the first place. That was the purpose of Google. Their tagline back in the day was, do no evil. And yet this, listen to Elon. Larry Page and I used to be close friends, and I would yes. stay at his house in Palo Alto. And I would talk to him late into the night about uh, AI safety. And at least my perception was that Larry was not taking uh, AI safety uh, seriously enough. Um, and um, What did he say about it? He really seemed to be um, one, one, one sort of digital superintelligence, basically digital god, if you will, uh, uh, as soon as possible. Um, he wanted that? Yes. He's, he's made many public statements over the years uh, that, that the whole goal of Google is uh, uh, what's called AGI, artificial general intelligence or artificial superintelligence. No, and I, and I agree with him that the, there's great potential for good, um, but there's also potential for bad. And so if, if you've got some um, radical new technology, you want to try to take the set of actions that maximize probably it, it will do good and minimize probably it will do bad things. In fact, Google is right now actually struggling to keep up with chat GPT, the open the open source, I think, is it, is it open source? Well, it's, open it's pretty source. much Microsoft's now. It's pretty much Microsoft's now. Yeah. Because now it's built into Bing and everything else. But yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, and that was, see, so Microsoft got got beaten by the internet, right? Microsoft ignored, that's, you know, Bill Gates admits basically his biggest failure is ignoring the internet, right? Like, it's pretty... It, wasn't that and no, or was it that and the smartphone, like Windows and the smartphone and uh, and the internet? The that the idea that we would need the internet as a way to uh, to connect all of us. I think I, anyway, uh, two big failures. But now it seems like maybe Microsoft has made a huge uh, move that's now upending uh, upending Google, because now Samsung admitting that they're moving away from Google search. And towards Bing search because Bing now has ChatGPT built into it. A huge blow, tens of billions of dollars in profit for Google out the window. Samsung moves their smartphones to default Bing search engine. So Google is struggling now to keep up with ChatGPT. And they launched its own competitor called Bard Watch. So Bard can suggest more high protein options to add to your vegan diet. It can explain why lightning might strike the same place twice. Bard can outline your blog post about summer mocktail recipes. So this is what Bard is doing. But already there seems to be word that we should look out for how people who want to be cautious about this. Larry Page used it when Musk expressed some concern about the singularity. Here is this. Listen. And then at one point uh, I said, well, what about, you know, we've got to make sure humanity's okay here. Um, <laughs> and 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 um, uh, and then he called me a speciesist. Uh, 
Did he use, did he use that term? Yes. And there were witnesses. The other, I wasn't the only one there when he called me a specious. And so I was like, okay, that's it. Uh, I've, yes, I'm a specious. Okay. You got me. <laughs> what are you? <laughs> yeah, I'm fully a specious. Um, busted. Um, <laughs> So, so, I mean, what is this, like the planet of the apes? Like, you don't want humans to survive? I mean, so if you want humans to continue to thrive and be in control of their own destiny, then you're a, then, then you're, then you're, you're a specious, specious, specious. You, you prioritize your own okay. species, right? Like, is that okay? I do prioritize my own species. You know, I, I try not to kill, like when I see, when I see bees that land, I, uh, you know, very kind to bees and animals and, and, and insects. I don't, I don't step on them. And, you know, when, when the girls and the, like, yeah, daddy, there's a spider in the bathroom or whatever. I come and I gently move the spider out of there. We don't need to, you know, I'm going to be killing things. This is an anti-war show after all. I couldn't at the same time then also be killing all sorts of indiscriminate things. So, but yeah, I do prioritize humans. You know, I'm going to put that at the top of the list there. Transhumanism, my friends, though, that's different. Transhumanism, uh, that's, they do not prioritize that. We are not supposed to value humanity any longer because it's elitist. And we've got a story coming up in just a few minutes where we're going to show you the sort of, well, we don't want you to even have babies anymore. We're going to output that to an artificial intelligence lab. Well, we'll just have the babies inside the womb. We'll just take the wombs over here. And all of this will be, you don't need, we don't need humans to do this anymore. What are you, a speciesist? Speciesist? Look out for this word that encourages us to give up our natural tendency to protect ourselves and our children. That is, that is humanist. Humanist. So unbelievable. What do you guys think about this? Uh, other people saying, oh, so Natalie chimed in. She said, uh, set my heart to five, which is one of the best books that she and I read over the past like five years, Set My Heart to Five was such a great book. So funny, laugh out loud funny uh, about these robots. Um, David in the chat says, uh, if you read this, you are the resistance. You are the resistance. Transcendence. Brave New World. Hey, you left us a super chat. You think the human species are something we can all get behind? The fact that there are those unpowerful places whom do not is cause for hesitation with AI. Take the red pill. Someone says, uh, been boycotting Amazon for almost five years now. Cheers to the resistance. Dysgenics. Dysgenics. Clayton tra uh, Remnant says, Clayton, transhumanism is dysgenics? Dysgenics? I don't know if I know what that means, but could you maybe elaborate what you mean by that? Worldwide says it's very quiet without Natalie. I know. Have a... <laughs> it's just as much talking as when she's when she's here. <laughs> very quiet. Everyone's wondering where Natalie is. 
is very quiet. I'm the only one talking. Um, yes, Natalie is off tonight because um, our sick, our six-year-old is uh, has scarlet fever, uh, fever that led into scarlet fever, and just back from the hospital with that. So it's been kind of crazy. Been kind of crazy. So we've got one more story we're going to get to here. And for that, we are going to do that story on another platform called Rumble. Rumble.com slash redacted is where we are going to go. We're not telling you to go there. You can do whatever you want. You're an independent person. You're a human, a sentient human. You can make your own decisions about everything you want to do. You can do whatever you want to do in your life. Um, Oh, Natalie is here, but she's just texting me. So she's not here on the show. So you can't hear her. And you can't, uh, you can't see her roll her eyes at me, on, but you can, you can feel it. You can sense it. Uh, so for that, we're going to move over to Rumble. Um, again, that's where we're going. Uh, we're going to end our stream here because we're going to talk about how the U.S. government is now compensating those who have received that little COVID jab. Those people who have had some sort of an adverse effect are now going to be compensated. That is big news. We're also going to tell you about how the FDA is now ending emergency youth authorization. What? Yeah, there's a big COVID roundup we're about to have. And we can't do that here on YouTube, um, as you know uh, how that goes. So we're going to move over and we'd love, uh, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> and the reason I'm saying that is because YouTube just changed their terms of service. And so we can't tell you what to do. Not that we ever could. Thanks in the first for a place. whole new floor of eggshells, YouTube. Thanks yeah. a lot. Walking on <laughs> eggshells, walking on broken glass. Um, so we can't tell you where to go. We not that we would anyway, but we're gonna tell you where we are going right now. The live stream will continue right now at this URL right there on our on that place. So come on over. We're gonna have to say goodbye to YouTube though tonight. And uh, we will continue right now on Rumble. All right, hello to all of you on Rumble. Good to see all of you. Good to see all of you. Let's wait and see if anyone from that other platform comes on over and finds us. <laughs> comes over, comes over and finds us. It's really, really sad. Really sad. <laughs> I don't know how they it would because really they don't know where we went, do they? Uh, how are they going to know where we went? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> we didn't tell them. <laughs> Hope they can figure that out. Get ready to rumble. Fuck YouTube. <laughs> i love that's what people in the chat fuck youtube yes yeah i see that a lot like every day basically anytime we go to rumble only it's that's the, <laughs> that's the mantra f youtube and yeah. then people like oh great here come the youtubers yeah <laughs> they're good people as well not everyone oh, yeah. has that and the problem is not everyone has access to to rumble and we're trying to get you know the rumble is growing tremendously so that's wonderful so, um, and hopefully they're adding it to Samsung televisions now. Rumble's going to roll that out. I always, I always chuckle when the, when the Rumble ads come up on a, on a YouTube video and it just makes me laugh because like you'd think YouTube would specifically not want that, but they don't care <laughs> or they're not paying attention. Uh, Natalie says she's staring into space. She's so out of it. She's been like just a crazy, crazy mom over the past 48 hours with our sick, sick daughter and a, I was, you know, a sick husband, but I'm less of a, I hope I'm less of a pain to take care of. Um, then <laughs> I don't know all that cold hands and whining. She says you do Maybe, <laughs> moaning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I'm, when I'm really sick and out of it, I'm just like cold hands and I'm like, uh, 
But yeah, I had a fever for like five, six days. And uh, this morning is the first morning I woke up where I didn't have a blaring headache, like in my eye sockets, you know, that kind of headache. Um, oh, yeah. And I was pounding water. Like it wasn't like a, for lack of water. It was just the remnants of this fever, this crazy, crazy uh, flu that I had. So yeah, she's, she's, she's out of it. Super tired. Um, cause then we had to take our other daughter in It just, uh, you know, anyway, just craziness. So she's, uh, trying to get some rest right now, trying to, uh, trying to get some rest. So we've got one more story. Well, actually three kind of big stories in, in kind of one big, big COVID wrap up here. We're going to talk about in just a moment that we're going to get to here. Uh, but first, with banks collapsing and the turbulent state of the stock market, millions of Americans have watched their retirement savings disappear. I want to share with you a huge investment opportunity that's not only protecting retirement savings, but investors are seeing right now consistent yields and growth. Phoenix Capital Group is offering high-value U.S. gold, sorry, U.S. oil and black gold, <laughs> U.S. oil and gas investments through their corporate bonds. It's a way for people to invest in energy assets and diversify their portfolio. Yield range from 8 to 12% API, paid monthly with different qualifications and maturity dates. Phoenix Capital Group is a tech-led energy company, owning in some of the most lucrative base, uh, basins across America. Investor capital, along with their own capital, goes towards cash flow-positive oil and gas projects. They had the choice of offering a significantly lower interest rate and then paying the different to middlemen, but decided to break the mold and bring stronger investments directly to investors. These 8 to 12% API corporate bonds are higher yield than CDs or annuities, often more than double the typical yields. If you're, you're looking for an investment op option right now with sizable yields and with monthly payment options, I highly recommend checking out what Phoenix Capital Group's bond offerings have to offer. So to learn more, all you need to do is download their free investor guide today. And here's the website. It's phxonredacted.com. phxonredacted.com. So phxonredacted.com. Let them know you heard it from me. Again, phxonredacted.com. So our thanks to them. I should also mention, please make sure you sign up for our, our community. We've got a really vibrant community here. We've got, I think, upwards of 40 or almost 50,000 VIP members for Redacted. Um, right there, when you go to redacted.inc, on the right-hand side, you can become a community member. Click on that. We've got exclusive live streams, exclusive content, videos that won't be published anywhere else. Early will be published there, so you no one sees them. You see them first. You get access to that kind of content, and it's also a great way to support independent journalism, well, which is what we are here. We're user-supported, so thank you guys so much for supporting what we do here. Um, again, go to redacted.inc, click on that community button, and you're, you're right here on Rumble as well, and there's a big red locals button. You can click that red button right there, and right that's a great way, right way, easy way for you to sign up by just clicking that join button. See right there, click locals, boom, and then you can become a member for the price of a cup of coffee once a month if you want to support independent journalism and what we do here. We would really appreciate it, um, and it keeps us keeps us on the air, keeps the lights on around here. 
All right, a couple of big COVID vaccine-related updates to bring you now. First, over the past 24 hours, this is amazing, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration suddenly issued a press release, and then they put a small little tweet out that said this, Hey, the monovalent Moderna and Pfizer BioNTech COVID-19 vaccines are no longer authorized for use in the United States. What? <laughs> oh, yeah, it doesn't even say are no longer not available for emergency use. It says use, period. Yeah. So are we just going to issue a tweet here? Can't use them anymore. Well, and it's a, and it's a it's a tweet under tweets. It's not even the main tweet of a thread. Right. It's like down in the thread. It was like, and it was like a bunch of generic garbage, da da da. And then it was like the third or fourth thing down in the thread. By the way, the mm-hmm. I have to believe they shoved it there for a reason. Uh, James O'Keefe from O'Keefe Media Group and others, even Elon Musk chimed in. He's like, "Why?" He wrote one word, "Why?" And the FDA was like, didn't respond to anyone. Like it was like publishing comment. It was publishing thread after thread after thread. And then Elon Musk writes, why? And the FDA responds, oh, hi, Elon. Thanks for your question. And then proceeds to respond in part to what he had to say. Guess because he's Elon. But doesn't every American deserve an answer as to why this is? Well, because, you know, you can still get the bivalent boosters. Don't worry about that. Just the monovalent stuff. No more emergency, no more use for authorization at all. Done. The FDA has declared the monovalent Pfizer vaccines are no longer authorized for use in the United States. According to the press release, most individuals, depending on age, previously vaccinated with a monovalent COVID-19 vaccine who have not yet received a dose of a bivalent vaccine may receive a single dose of a bivalent vaccine. You'd be good to go. So no more of those needs for those like that one-off. Most individuals who have already received a single dose of the bivalent vaccine are not currently eligible for another dose. The FDA intends to make decisions about future vaccinations after receiving recommendations on the fall, the fall strain composition at an FDA advisory committee meeting in June. Okay. So we'll get some new release update information about that in June. So this emergency use is now being removed. Okay. Okay. But it'll come back on the new stuff because there, there's no way that they're going to approve that because the FDA becomes too, um, um, what do you call it when they're when they're at risk? They 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 just become too vulnerable Culpable. if they do that and that yes. So whatever it is they're working on that's going to come out in the fall that will be under emergency use again because they're already laying the groundwork for it by saying. There's going to be a new variant. We're preparing for a fall variant. Yeah, and it gives the Biden administration cover, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and it falls under his emergency use off his powers as a, a, you know, as a wartime president to do whatever he wants, to enact whatever sort of lockdowns and control and, and anything. Those those war powers continue. They will they won't go away. They you know started under Obama, um, expanded under Obama. Signed again under Trump, signed again under Biden. Just keep going with these things. Um, so, yeah, and you have to wonder, too. Okay, so now that the emergency youth is re- use is removed, what does this mean for, like, men and women who work in the federal government 
uh, for mandates of getting vaccines um, or who fought this in court battles now that it's removed or uh, who've been waiting to go back to the office or uh, there's a whole lot of questions we have about this um, that we don't have answers for because the FDA is not giving us answers about this. Uh, it's, it's, it's crazy. Well, if they had their way, we wouldn't know for 75 years about any of it. Yeah. Yeah. In the, in the actual FDA, uh, uh, press release, not that the tweets, but in the, in the press release, they, they go on to say that part of the reasoning behind this was that everybody basically has antibodies at this point, having either been vaccinated or contracted COVID. So they're like, so we don't, so it's interesting that they're still pushing, they're still pushing the fall variant, even though they're coming right out and saying at this point, everybody's already like got the antibodies that's crazy so I, just, yeah. I found that to be an well, interesting statement yeah <laughs> and also i have another question is that so they just recently made it so that kids six months and younger or or and also making this a requirement for schools is that the bivalent variant that that was for so is that still moving forward like kids still have to get it to go to school kids still are getting it as one of their their jabs when they're born um you know like like, I, I, it doesn't say anything about that because I don't know which one they were getting. I don't know. Again, I don't know. I guess if it was, they were getting the, the because each Not of them, the, monovalent. the only one, of course, the only one that had the one dosage was uh, pulled off the shelf anyway, right? Which was the, um, the Johnson, Johnson & Johnson. Johnson. So they were, all, of them had two, yep. all of them had two, ver, uh, all of them had two doses. So their point now is that the, that monovalent double dose monovalent is no longer needed. Everyone already has antibodies. Well, <clears throat> and the, the monovalent was just basically like the targeted towards one, one strain where the bivalent is sort of like a multi-strain vaccination. So right. that's what they mean by the monovalent. Yeah. So it's, it was the, the, basically like they, the original shots that came out, those are the ones that are now no longer authorized. Right. It's which the is, ones that came after that are that are still being used, which is crazy because the first you know the the first variant or whatever, by the time that shot even came out, had long since dissipated anyway. Was not in the it was not really in the conversation anymore. It was Delta, which wasn't covered under the monovalent right when it first rolled out, and that was the new Correct. most contagious. So then when the bivalent came out, it only addressed. It kept it kept missing, of course, the, the the ones that were currently out and causing any kind of issue. So we're going to wait for the fall one to be on top of that. I guess that's the new plan. And then whether or not they're going to put it as part of a vaccine schedule for kids for back to school time, like that'll be the real question this year that I have um, under this sort of emergency powers on what this means for children. Meanwhile, new data out today shows that women's placentas have been deteriorating dramatically since the COVID-19 vaccines were introduced. I'm sure it's just a coincidence, though. Uh, but Dr. Naomi Wolf is not having it. She doesn't think it's a coincidence. She says midwives are seeing calcifications in placentas, shrunken placentas, total color discoloration, unlike anything they've seen before, that cannot support having a baby. A placenta in this state where either the baby is lost or has to be delivered very, very early and then put in some sort of an artificial womb environment. It's, listen to this 
whole stunning soundbite. It's about two and a half minutes or so, but listen to all of it. It's amazing. Uh, so as a journalist, I'm trained to notice when there's multiple independently confirming signals at the same time from different sources. And so I'm very disturbed to announce that um, I've now got two midwives in independent practices, one in Northern California in Sonora named Ellen Jasmer. She's a very uh, experienced, distinguished, um, certified nurse midwife who's been uh, helping women deliver since 1976. And um, it, I just heard from another one, Ruth Cummings, in Sacramento. Uh, and both of them are seeing the same things. And this, again, adds um, confirmation to an alert that Dr. James Thorpe brought forward recently. Um, and he's the maternal fetal medicine specialist who showed, and I showed them on this show, an image of calcifications, like a netting of calcifications on the placenta um, of vaccinated moms. Um, and we've talked in the past, Natalie, about how uh, if you've got lipid nanoparticles traversing every membrane in the human body, they can also compromise the placenta. Well, I had a tragic interview with uh, Ellen Jasmer the uh, the nurse midwife uh, further north in California. And she said that since 2020, she's been seeing placentas. And I, I have photographs that she sent me that are so disturbing. It was quite an education because I'd never really seen a placenta. Um, but uh, normal, healthy placentas, not to you know alarm everyone, but we've got to deal with this, are deep uh, purple maroon and kind of thick. And they're a home for a baby for you know, nine months. These placentas, and she showed me the images, are, she's seeing silver gray placentas. Some of them are shrunken, so not big enough to deliver a normal baby. And many midwives are reporting that they have to deliver babies early because the placenta can't um, sustain a full-term baby. And she showed me an image of a placenta that was like two inches in circumference narrower, shorter, smaller than a normal placenta. And this confirms what Dr. Ryan Cole, I just learned, um, is also finding these shrunken placentas. But also Ellen Jasmer's images of placentas include what she calls COVID bumps or little white bumps all over them that are visible to the naked eye. And these are calcifications, she thinks. Um, and they're also in vaccinated moms. So she's teasing out what are the you know, impaired uh, uteruses or placentas from vaccinated moms, what are the impaired uteruses from moms who have COVID, and is there a crossover? She doesn't yet have that those data. But for sure, since the vaccines rolled out, she said she's seeing no normal placentas. I asked her to send me an image of a normal placenta post-2020, and she said she doesn't have any. They're all compromised. All of them compromised i'm sorry i don't have any photos available because they're all compromised that's crazy i mean that's like this is the next group of people that are going to be marginalized and told to shut up canceled on youtube like the like the uh, funeral directors that have been trying to get out the information on the clots uh like on the died suddenly documentary they're they are seeing what people are dying from and they're not even getting autopsies done or anything that's going to be the same thing here there's not going to be any autopsies or or if a baby is is born you know with with some kind of issues they're not going to go in and pull out the placenta and be like oh we think this is the cause why this baby is smaller than it should be so this is going to be the next marginalized group of people are these these midwives and stuff that are finding this information out
Yeah, I mean, you know, you have Robert F. Kennedy Jr. running for president officially, and, you know, maybe we'll get some more awareness around this out there now because of that. Maybe some mainstream media when he does interviews and he's asked about this and he actually talks about this on camera. Maybe you'll have YouTube will allow segments for discussions around female fertility as it relates to these COVID shots. I mean, when we did and covered, we were in you know, early very years ago, we were covering the story about women's menstruation being affected by the shots. And I think we got that, that's when it was our first YouTube strike when we covered mm -hmm. that story. Um, they just didn't want, hey, us talking about female reproduction problems as it related to or women's health care as it related to what was happening with the shots. And we got countless emails and like we did we didn't even realize how much it was. We were talking about it like there was this number of it, but it turned out to be way more. And and that's like the thing that I know the most people that personally that have dealt with that. That's, that's what I know the most. Like, I, I don't know many people that d had bad COVID or anything like that, but as far as uh, their cycles and, and their periods and stuff, I personally know several people that have yeah. had that. And we got so many emails. Many of the emails were from husbands. They're like, thank you for sharing the story. I didn't realize my wife was dealing with this. And I told her about watching your show and she couldn't believe it, that there are other oh. women out there. Turns out, yeah, there are other women. And then like, they even tried to have like start their own Facebook group and the Facebook group got shut down. Like imagine that women wanting to share their stories like, hey, we're all we all got this jab and now all of our periods are messed up. Can we talk about it? No, you can't talk about it. All these placentas are shrunken, calcified. Can't talk about it. Just shut up. Just shut up and be a good woman. Later in this interview, Naomi Wolf even points out that the same big pharma crooks that are pushing the COVID vaccines are also invested in this very same technology to replace human reproductive functions. Isn't that amazing how that works? So maybe we don't really care about your ability to reproduce on your own because we've got it. We'll make money off of it. We've got the labs ready to go. Uh, like lab-grown milk. You don't need to breastfeed. Come on. We've got that. We've got that taken care of for you. Um, you don't need to gestate a baby in your own womb. We've got an artificial womb. You go enjoy your life. Go to, go to tennis practice. Well, you we, know what people won't be doing anymore? I ate my own placenta. That's that won't right. be going on. No, you wouldn't want to do that. Who'd want to eat that? Calcified placenta? Gray we've shown you, we, so we've shown you on this show before one of those womb factories. You guys remember this? We did a whole deep dive on this whole story. If you don't remember, this is legitimate. This is here. It's officially launched. Watch this. Introducing Ectolife, the world's first artificial womb facility, powered entirely by renewable energy. Ectolife allows infertile couple to conceive a baby and become the true biological parents of their own offspring. It's a perfect solution for women who had their uterus surgically removed due to cancer or other complications. With Ectolife, premature births and C-sections will be a thing of the past. Ectolife is designed to help countries that are suffering from severe population decline, including Japan, Bulgaria, South Korea, and many others. 
The facility features 75 highly equipped labs. Each state-of-the-art lab can accommodate up to 400 growth pods or artificial wombs. Every pod is designed to replicate the exact conditions that exist inside the mother's uterus. A single building can incubate up to 30,000 lab-grown babies per year. So you don't need your own womb anymore. We got it. We'll make a lot of money off of it. <laughs> it's, like, it's like they just think that like that's all you need. You just need a place to hold a baby for it to grow and, and, and just be a, a, a good baby. But it's like... You're taking out all of the natural things like the mother's heartbeat and the, the different rhythms that her heartbeat would go through and the things that make it unique to that experience with that one mother. It's like these are going to be I don't even know what kind of kids these would be like, like where they're getting all of the, you know, like the nutrients even will be different. Like they're not going to get anything that comes naturally from a mother. No, it won't at all. And they'll miss the, the sort of the spiritual element of it, the energy, the spiritual, the connection. All of that will be gone. It's transhumanism. It's well, exactly I, I look at this as like this is this is basically like where are the armies of the future coming from, and the and the the working class. That's what they'll do. Like we can we can just keep making soldiers, keep making soldiers, keep making workers, and and you know yeah, we don't like, need the rest it's of gonna us be anymore. Like, It'll just yep. Drone factory. It's gonna turn into like Abe's world. <laughs> yeah, this is it. So let us know your thoughts on that in the comments below. Stunning news out of the United States today. Are you one of the millions of people who received a COVID-19 vaccine and experienced any adverse side effects as a result of it? Well, hold on to your seats because you're not going to believe what just happened in the United States. For the first time ever, the United States government has compensated individuals who suffered adverse reactions from COVID-19 vaccinations. That's right. You heard it correctly. The Department of Health and Human Services Countermeasures Injury Compensation Program has approved nearly 1,000 compensation applications, rejecting only 10% of them. Wow. Overwhelmingly. They're like, oh, stamp that. You had an adverse, stamp that. I'd love to know what the 10, like someone had an adverse event that even knew about this program. Like now once you're, it's like made public and more, more people can, there's going to be people that probably will take advantage of it. They always do, right? That's what happens. But in this group, like someone says, I had an adverse effect. Who are the 10% that you said, nope, no, you didn't? <laughs> like, okay. Is it the same st stringent medical studies and trials that you put the vaccine through to make that determination, to stamp them rejected? They're tacitly admitting these things can cause problems. Now, the United States government is admitting this, and they're sending out checks. There's more. Not only does this compensation fund apply to COVID-19 vaccinations, developed and administered under the 2005 Public Readiness and Emergency Preparedness Act. But those who suffered severe injuries can also apply for compensation from the National Vaccine Injury Compensation Program, which covers all vaccines. The NVICP program. So just to be clear, the U.S. is paying these claims using taxpayer money, right? Do you catch that part of it? So wait, wait a second. Wait a second. So let me get this straight. We paid for the R&D mm -hmm. of the vaccines. Mm -hmm. We paid for the marketing because our government did it. Mm -hmm. And now we're going to pay for the damages. So like what has the pharmaceutical industry paid out of their pockets for any of this? Uh, nothing. 
negative nothing. like negative a billion dollars or more because mm-hmm. they, they they've done nothing but profit yeah they've, they've profited handsomely yeah there's there's no there's nothing that they've there's no there's nothing that they've paid for it they've made billions the, the record profits as a result of this that's what they've paid um it's really 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 troubling and when you think about all of the people that have had these severe adverse events when they're getting these checks for like a thousand bucks or two thousand bucks for some people when you when you go through the threads that are available on twitter for all of the people that have had adverse uh, effects five times august has um been cataloging a lot of these on his twitter feed i mean you can just go through i'll just pull them up here this is five times august here's his twitter feed he's been doing a great job um who is five times august he's a husband he's a father he's a songwriter and he he highlights a lot of these things about the people who have you know all, all of these people 37 year old mother of three after getting the moderna vaccine physically declined was healthy running rock climbing everything and uh just now needs a tracheotomy to breathe um here's steve wegner became paralyzed from the waist down after the J&J shot. I'm sure $1,000 changed his life, right? He's paralyzed now. Uh, here's Brienne Dresden was part of the AstraZeneca clinical trials. Now she's blurry vision, irregular heart rate, losing control of her legs, her bladder. You can read her story there as well. Her Here's story Maddie. is amazing. I actually listened to her story. Like she's yeah. she's one of the people that uh, Senator Ron Johnson brought into that uh, committee to to testify. Yeah, it's heartbreaking, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Maddie Degree uh, Degary, you know that one, right? Um, so so just real quick, the Brianna girl. She also started. She was one that started another Facebook group because there were people that were dealing with like electron, like they felt like they had electricity in their bodies. So they started a Facebook group because a lot of these people were suicidal and they were talking about suicide because they couldn't get any help from uh, from their doctors. They couldn't get any help. Nobody believed them. They were silencing them on social media because they couldn't have their stories out there because it caused vaccine hesitancy. So they they found each other through a Facebook group and it had like 3000 people or more and Facebook shut it down. Mm-hmm. And and so, you know, these people were just trying to help each other. So this is like it's sickening to know all the people that have dealt with this. And if they do get any ounce of help, I'm, I'm sure it's going to help a little bit. But it's it's too little too late. And it's we know that it's not going to be enough to compensate for what they've been going through. And the only reason we're now getting the numbers and the community around this and the threads so we can start to see a picture of this is because friggin' Elon Musk bought Twitter. Like you, mm-hmm. you couldn't find anywhere else. Facebook shut it down. Twitter shut it down. You couldn't talk about it. So you felt like you were in you were like in an, you were on an island by yourself. Again, when we covered the stories about women in menstruation being affected and then had our video taken down and we got a strike and couldn't post for two weeks because of it. And then you feel like, well, we can't cover that story again. We'll have our whole channel shut down. So they went to great lengths. To, I mean, look at these. Meet Milo. He was on life support for over six weeks after the Pfizer shot. I'm sure $1,000 will help help them out. Here's Donna Schaefer, 16-year-old. Safe and effective shots resulted in multiple seizures, muscle atrophy, vision issues, among other reactions. All sorts of problems. The list is endless. 
here. Full-time college student, piano player, author, artist. Now his life plans put on hold in a wheelchair. I mean, well, this is not even mentioning all the people that have died and, and that they wouldn't even let him do autopsies to show that it was the vaccine. So it's like, you know, this, the, the whole, the numbers on this whole thing are skewed all the way around, but it's just like so many people have suffered at this point. Like it's, it's the only thing that's killing people are the vaccines. So I wonder what this Well, now there's like a, you know, tacit admission by the federal government that they're going to be compensating these individuals about this. Um, and find out more in, in the future here, if it's just going to be a thousand bucks and if it's only going to be this amount for the, from the federal government, will we see any sort of a victim's compensation fund set up in the same that way that we do when like BP spills oil in the Gulf of Mexico, right? And then billions of dollars are set aside to help the victims and the businesses and the wildlife and all of that that have gone under because of it. Not in this situation. Doesn't yeah, seem but like we can do that interestingly enough, though, BP didn't BP didn't have a contract with the U.S. government that said they're not culpable for any damages they create. Because imagine if they had if they're like, yeah, we'll go ahead and drill for oil. But if we dump a bunch of it into the Gulf of Mexico, you, we can't be sued. You got to imagine you know? that that's going mean, to be it's... coming. You got to imagine that that's going to be on their thought thought list from now on. Like, oh, you, yeah. you know, you want us to do exploration for this oil on these federal lands like you're pushing us for more production because Saudi Arabia has given you the middle finger. Yes. Yeah, but think about it. Think about it, though. If they, th that happened to BP, they're subsidized. So it's probably just an offset. Like, well, we'll subsidize you, and it'll cover the cost you're going to have to pay out for, you know, so don't worry. You know, we got your yeah. back. It's a tax incentive. It's a tax break anyway. They're getting it, the subsidies. Exactly. On top of it, they it's have the insurance. On top of it, they have mm -hmm. insurance. You know, everyone's making such a huge deal about this Fox thing, this Dominion case. It's like, okay, they have insurance, and it's an $18 billion company. Yeah, it's a it's a huge amount well, of money, but there it's the insurance will is going to you know cover a huge amount of this stuff for them. And what p really pisses me off is like they do it like it's such a virtuous thing, but like I, I was always pissed off when we were talking about how the government's going like, to we're going to reduce forty percent of starvation and of kids in the United States. It's like you can if you can do forty percent, you can do a hundred. And it's like we're gonna we're gonna do this for a percentage of people. We're gonna give them like a thousand dollars because we really care, and we're admitting that we did something wrong. But it's not enough, and they and right. they could afford to help everyone that has dealt with this, but they won't. No, of course not. Well, yeah, but I would I would say I would be really really surprised if we see any admission of wrongdoing come in, in like anywhere mentioned in any of this. They're just gonna they're just gonna cut the checks. They're not gonna say we did anything wrong. Yeah, and well, I, that's I, why I, I said that that's all these. Coming. Yeah, that's why I said yeah. these thousand dollar checks are going to come with thick, with thick, thick NDAs that they're not going to be able to say anything. But the, the fact is, the fact that they're paying out is an admission in a way. But that's what I'm saying. They're covering it in virtue. Like we know there are some issues with it, but we can pay this amount of people because it wasn't that big. It, it wasn't a big problem. Yeah, I, I wonder if they, you know, the NDAs, if that's going to happen with the, by the federal government, if they even do something like that at the federal level, probably not. But mm -hmm. if it's, you know, if it was something bigger, for sure, they would have to sign something and they would cut them a check in much the same way. You know, you have a you have a train derailment in your hometown. We'll pay you one hundred thousand dollars. Shut up. You know, your drinking water will be contaminated forever. Your children will have cancer. We'll give you one hundred thousand dollars. but You're not allowed to say anything ever again. And that's what they do when they cut these checks. Yep. Oh, boy. 
So we will continue to follow the story. I'm very curious about this United States compensating for vaccine injuries. We'll watch this story very closely here on the channel. I want to thank all of you for joining us tonight here on Redacted. Thank you for sticking it out with us. The men's only club tonight. Natalie will be back tomorrow, barring some unforeseen crazy hospital return visit. It's been a crazy, crazy week around here as we got back in the swing of things. We looked to come like come back this week after spring break and came back like a like a fart in church. Um, <laughs> you know, but next week we'll be back even stronger. But you got to build. You know, you can't get a walk before you can fly. Right. So, but we, hey, we're covering the big stories for you. So thank you guys so much for subscribing and being a part of our community here. We'll be back tomorrow at 4 p.m. Eastern time. Much love to all of you. Be kind, be safe, and we will see you back here tomorrow. Bye, everyone.